eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And now, a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, August 4th, and we are here trying to help you make better financial decisions. The way we do that is we encourage you to actually go to our website, which is jillonmoney.com, jillonmoney.com. Now, once you're there... All you have to do is click the contact us button. So easy. And when you get to that little form, you fill it out, you let us know what's going on, which is great. And, you know, if you need some little handholding, we're happy to do that. If you want to join us on the air live, we're happy to do that. All you need to do is just go to that website and bookmark it. It's very easy. Now, while you're on the website, a few things to keep in mind. You can sign up for our free weekly newsletter, which is amazing. Mark does an amazing job with that. Mark's people get their, they sometimes get spammed out. Someone's like, hey, I've tried to get it. You have to go into your spam filter and say, it's okay to get content from us. Because you wouldn't want Mark to go into spam. He does a lot of hard work for us. So we don't want that. Also, you can subscribe to the Jill on Money live subscription service. This is where you have access to quarterly live webinars coming up. Very big one. I think this is like an amazing get. My colleague, Nate Burleson, who is the co-anchor of CBS Mornings, but, you know, he is a former NFL star and uh, he is actually a pretty amazing dude. And he played 11 years in the NFL with the Minnesota Vikings, the Seahawks, the Lions. And so uh, Nate is joining us on September 13th to talk about the upcoming football season, the business of sports. He's also going to tell us a little bit about how he got really into personal finance and what he does. And he is so into it. And 
early on in his tenure at CBS Mornings, he became like my go-to anchor because he's the guy who kept saying to me like, hey, you know, I love this stuff. I want to do more of it. And it was a great, it was totally great. So all that being said, Nate Burleson, September 13th, he will be on the air with us. And you can watch that only if you're a subscriber to Jill on Money Live. 35 bucks. You'd probably pay 35 bucks just to see Nate anyway. So there'll be more special content. You got to check it out. So everything on our website, jillonmoney.com. All right, let's do some emails, Mark. Uh, I This one caught my eye. Oof. Subject. You ready? I got fired. Should I find another job? Fired. I wonder if it's fired. I feel like fired is a loaded word, Mark. I'm going to say laid off. I'm 57 years old. I was fired from my job September of 22. All right. So it's almost a year. She says, luckily, I'm collecting a retirement pension, $5,600 a month after taxes. Then she's also going to get a military pension when she turns 60 for uh, $1,000 a month. Then on top of that, $400 a month from another pension at age 62. That's from the Postal Service. (sighs) Listen to all this money. It's unbelievable. So we have eventually, let's just say at 62, she'll have 66, she'll have $7,000 a month. She's also going to, this is not even including social security. It's going to be small social security. She says, my husband was a federal worker. He had mandatory retirement uh, four years ago. He's 61. His pension, look at this with all these pensions, twenty six fifty after taxes. And then he's got a supplemental annuity. And then at 62, some social security. Okay. They've got a house and a vacation house. Total of the two, $2 million. There is um, $550,000 at two and a quarter percent outstanding on these mortgages. Husband's got a million one in his thrift savings. She's got a million three in retirement funds. Unbelievable. They've got another $1,400 a month in rental income. Okay. Should my husband start collecting social security at 62 or 67 or 70? We have 60 grand in the bank. It's dwindling fast. All right, Mark. So uh, it's sat, well, I'm not sure why the money in the bank is dwindling because this really begs the question: How much money do you spend, Anonymous? Sounds like they're spending more than those pensions. I. How can you? I mean, that's a lot of money to spend, though, don't you think? So here's what I would say, Anonymous. You know how you can never have to work again? Get your spending in line. If your spending is more than all of that combined income, then yeah, go get a job. I'm inclined to, unless your husband is not in good health, I am inclined to have him delay at least until his full retirement age. Get your spending under control. And I think you can do this, but give us a holler back. Okay. This is from Susan. She says, I recently found your podcast. I've been working backwards through the episodes. Excellent. Because they sell ads against those back episodes, Mark. I don't know if you know that. She's listening to episodes from May of 22 and she's learning so much. That's so nice. She says, I am feeling okay about our retirement plan, except for the long-term care component. I feel like we probably need long-term care insurance, but we've heard so many horror stories about non-payment by the insurance companies or large annual rate hikes. So we're afraid to purchase it. Are we making a mistake? Let's see what they got here. Susan is 60. Her husband's 66. He makes two fifteen dollars plus an $85,000 bonus. So he's three hundred. dollars presuming he gets the bonus. She is not working. Three kids launched, no college debt. They went to state school, 
How about that, Mark? Husband's got a million and a half dollars in a 401k, 14 grand in a Roth. She's got 80 grand in an IRA. Most so all, basically I would say most of their money pre-tax. Brokerage account, $325,000 short-term bond funds, some stock funds. High yield savings account, 60. CD ladder, 125, $125,000. Checking, 25. I-bonds, 41. Houses paid off, worth about 800 grand. Husband plans to work full-time two more years. Then work part-time, $75,000 a year until at least 70, probably longer. He likes the challenge of work. She likes volunteering, reading, socializing. They like hiking and traveling. Social security, 4,600 a month for him. For her, half of his um, would be about 1,800. Current expenses, 5,500. Can we just use the equity in house in the house for a long-term care? Apartment life is fine with me. I don't mind selling this big maintenance drag of a house. Hubby loves the house. Are we endangering our futures by not buying long-term care insurance? Don't care what we leave to the kids. We paid for college. Any inheritance is a bonus. I love these people. I mean, okay. If you wanted to, if you wanted to explore it, I guess that one might say, instead of using the money to pay for long-term care insurance, I would probably still build up that brokerage account. I probably would stop with a 401k. I think I would probably at 300 grand in um, salary, I might, you know, put in up to a match or something, but I'd start continue. I would like you guys, by the time he really stops working, it'd be nice for you to have more like a half a million dollars that is sitting in a pretty boring brokerage account. You've got 325 now. I think you can get a half a million. I think you're close. Look, there's something to be said for like, okay, you got a million and a half, one, two, 1. 1.6 million in retirement assets, 323, four, more than 500 grand in like mostly accessible. I think it would be nice to have like, by the time he stops working, having the money that's in the retirement account is great, but then building up the other stuff. Uh, and especially when he is looking at the the prospect of continuing to work, I mean, when you'll be in a lower tax bracket, I would just be very happy to have all that money start to come in, taxed at a lower level. I mean, the problem with long-term care insurance, it's not like you're endangering your future. You're willing to sell an asset. The question is that, you know, would you really be able to do it? You know, you probably would if you had to, but I don't think you're going to have to. If you wanted to get some coverage, it would be partial coverage at the very, but that's it. Nothing more than that. All right, Mark, this is a tough one. Here is the question. Subject. Did I make a huge mistake? Uh Uh-oh. Hi, Jill. This is from Rob. Rob's 64, his wife's 61. He says he's retired. His wife works full-time, 50 grand a year. He said, I got involved with a mass mutual retirees annuity from Fidelity for $600,000 till surrender with $400,000 remaining in my Fidelity account, two hundred fifty grand in Charles Schwab. It's a fixed annuity, okay? By the way, Fidelity's been big on these lately. I noticed that a lot of their people are selling these, which is not to say it's a bad thing because they're fixed annuities. They're not usually, they're not the big, huge larded up expensive ones. They there's much simpler. It's a much simpler product. Okay. So here it is. We just started receiving $2,800 a month with taxes taken out per check 
which falls short of what we need. We probably need $5,000 a month to cover things like larger expenses. Oy, okay, so let's just think about that, Mark. So they're getting 2800 They have 650 left total, and they need out of that 650 to get to 500, that 5000 a month. So his wife still works full-time, which is good. But if he has 2800 38, he's going to be short. He's probably short by another, I would say $1,000 a month because we have not taken taxes out when we start talking about the Fidelity and Charles Schwab accounts, right? They have no mortgage. They have no credit card expenses. This is the part that's a little bit weird. Over the years, I've had good communication with my Fidelity fiduciary. After I signed the contract, I asked him questions. He went cold, telling me not to worry that he was a fiduciary. Did I make the right choice? I still have other questions to ask or Mass Mutual about things I didn't see in the contract. No one is eager to talk to me. Like, what's the annual interest rate? That's, that's knowable. Can I take out 10% without penalty if I needed to? Usually you can, but you should ask. These are all real questions. At the 10-year surrender period, can I take out my principal and interest with no penalty? There's no, after a surrender period, there's no penalty, but you have tax, you'll have a tax implication, okay? How can I be assured that my beneficiaries will receive my money in any money when I die. I don't think you get that. That's the downside with these things. The money is now gone. And I don't know, unless you have a named beneficiary, a survivor benefit, then you probably are not going to have that. It's not right. The fidelity guy is not answering your questions and he's being charged a management fee, but you shouldn't be getting charged a management fee on the annuity. They usually take that outside of the fee. Here's the thing. Don't have anxiety and, and sleepless nights over this. There's two things you should do. You should call Fidelity and ask for this guy's manager. You should write a letter and make a formal complaint to the person. You got to find out who the manager is. Go and ask the boss. And you don't have to go to Mass Mutual. You have to deal with Fidelity. They sold it to you. So I'm sure they'll talk to you. I don't know why this guy is like, you know, icing you out. I will say, though, that with the annuity, without the annuity, either way, Based on the numbers he gave us, he's still short on $5,000 a month. But I, I, he, he didn't mention anything about Social Security, so I, I don't know. Yeah, so we're hoping that you get Social Security and, of course, that your wife continues to work. So there's that, too. Okay, last but not least, this is fantastic because this is from Patty. She wrote a long response to our conversation with Mike in Boise, Idaho. So this was uh, this aired on July 24th. And if you recall, if you're a listener, regular listener, this was the guy who was like, hey, I don't know whether my wife should work or not, whether we should fire the nanny, what should happen. This is a multi-paragraph takedown of Mike. Now, Mark, the real thing is that this person, Patty, is an economist for God's sakes. Okay. And she says, I am a labor economist. And she says, I need to yell at him. And maybe some of your listeners, because keeping his wife attached to the labor market is the rational choice. Even if the nanny would cost more out of pocket than the take home pay of his wife. When you look at your, your salary, what she basically does is she starts to bring the economic case for working for a lot of things that would be the people will say, oh, it doesn't make sense for me to work because it costs more than my childcare. But she goes through and she talks about that the single person's tax on 40 grand and what it would cost and also, you know, child tax credits and 
What about the benefits the wife may receive through her job? Maybe it's health care, money in retirement that they may put away for her. This was what was amazing to me. Her job provided access to child care, which was amazing. She has done all this work. She's gotten educated. She, you know, was really clear that, you know, there is going to be a benefit with maintaining this license that could be many hundreds of thousands of dollars over her career. And uh, she says, for someone concerned about retirement contributions, why did Mike overlook his wife's retirement plans? As a nurse in a hospital, is there a pension? Is she getting service credits? Anyway, I thought this part was the most important part for her. His wife enjoys her job and wants to keep it. That, to me, was the most important part. And he's, she cites, of course, she gives me a study from Harvard Business School, which found that women who work have daughters who out-earn their peers whose mothers did not work. How about that? And they're happier. Basically, you can have a better impact on your own financial security, on your kids' financial security. And, uh, you know, she goes through and talks about women under underestimating the financial impact of becoming mothers, which is huge. The rational decision is for Mike's wife to remain attached to the labor force to maintain her lifetime earning potential. Perhaps there are creative ways to decrease the cost of childcare, maybe sharing the cost of the nanny with another family or having Mike rearrange his schedule to do more childcare. Doesn't sound like Mike's the kind of man who would do this as he didn't mention the paternity leave he just took. (laughs) Anyway, she was awesome. Uh, There are lots of options. She did not like the idea about a, a man quote unquote, allowing his wife to keep her job. She found that to be a little bit baloney. She said, thank you for yelling at Mike on the show. Your instinct was spot on. It's a temporary problem. So many people I know will suspend retirement contributions, draw down emergency savings while children are in infant care, not worrying about increasing their savings for a retirement that's 30 years away for the good of mankind and womankind. Perhaps you should have yelled at him more. She like went off and she had the, she had the receipts. She had citations of studies. Amazing. The idea, I should have said this, and I'm going to, this is a good thing that Patty raises to me, which is, you know, it's not great to stay out of the labor force. If you can, I mean, I know there are people who are like, I want to stay home with my kids. You know what? That's great. But actually having your hand in something is helpful because they're not going to be babies forever. And I don't know. I just feel very strongly that we as a culture need to do a better job helping women stay in the workforce. Because when you look at all the reasons, like why are there not as many women CEOs and women leaders in this? Because we don't make it easy for them. You know, yeah, like a lot of people can work and have like, oh, my spouse is at home taking care of business. And of course you can like rock your career when that's happening. Look at Amanda. She's so lucky she has Mark. <laughs> So anyway, that is the program. Patty is my favorite person. I said to, I wrote back like in all caps to Mark. I'm like, this is my favorite email of the month by far. She's amazing. That's the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got a financial question, go to the website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. It's Friday. So let's do a little business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is the executive producer and the king of all things web. We are distributed by our friends at Cadence 13. Wherever you listen to us, could you please leave us a rating and review? That would be great. Do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.